Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can we sign you to deals to save Joe's life? Who day? And welcome back to Fuck You. We, we like, like the Bengals. Welcome, Lloyd, back to Fuck You. We like the Bengals. Yay, I'm, I'm, I'm your host, Alex Schubert, sitting across from me after a one month absence. Is Lloyd Johnson. Welcome back to the pod. Happy to be here, baby. Happy, baby. Happy, happy to be here. Wow, I just turned into Porky Pig all of a sudden. Habit, 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 habit. Well, that's all, folks. Hang around, Billy. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, wow, that's all, folks. We are 45 seconds into the pod, and we're already calling it quits. Uh, so, Lloyd, I think we only have one thing left to say. <clears throat> Fuck, Fuck you, COVID-19. We, we like, like the, the Bengals. Bengals. Wow, man. All right, that was good. That was good. I all liked right. it. All right, cool. So, Lloyd, what do you want to do? We, do you just want to do the pod episode? Uh, I got some meth. All right, cool. All right. All right. No, in all seriousness, how are you doing, man? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. We're <laughs> like, is it crazy to say that we're like so close to the end of the pandemic? Uh, I think it'll last a little longer than I think. I think people are, are are trying to wrap it up a little too quick, but yeah. I well, yeah, because we're so sick and tired of just the the wearing the masks in public. I mean, we're pro mask, but. We're getting sick. I'll be honest. I don't, I don't. We can have it forever. I'm cool. Yeah, I know you're like, you're home by like 7 p.m. at the latest when there's not a mic or a show. Yeah, I don't. I don't really like going anywhere or talking to people. Or... You just. I mean, this has been an excuse for me to just like stay home and and just get just stay refreshed and shit. Well, since Lily's moved back, like. Unless she's working, me and her just sit here and watch TV and make fun of shit. And... <laughs> Again, that kid rules. Yeah, yeah. I've... She got me this, uh, where the fuck is it? I don't know. But she got me the DJ Girl t-shirt that um, I promised her I would wear at uh, my first DJ event. I uh, have my first DJ event April, or no, yeah, April 7th. And yeah. it is a 16-hour event. And I'm not sure how Jesus. comfortable I am wearing it for 16 hours. Well, maybe maybe you can cut a deal and not have to wear it the whole time. Yeah, I probably will. I mean, it's like 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. and That's pretty gnarly. What kind of event is that? It's called Blue Beer Day. 
It's up at Milano's. It's like an all-day thing. He's going to be DJing for that long? Pretty much. Cool. My stuff might catch on fire by 5 p.m. <laughs> with all these fire beats and these ones and these twos and these wicka wicka wickas. That was fucking stupid. It's real white. <laughs> Not as white as the six or seven white claws I had yesterday for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lloyd's face was just like, God, I always forget how white you are. I, I don't I don't know what. <clears throat> I shouldn't have any problem with white claws. I love like, you know, seltzer drink, like just like bubbly water and whatever. I don't know why. There's just. I think it's because where I was first introduced to White Claws was all just like, it was always the awful group at the bar that was like. What's eh. your awful group? The loud, for no reason, way too drunk, way too early. <laughs> Mostly girls that squeal every time one of them walks back up kind of thing. <laughs> oh my God, it's been so long. It was like a fucking bathroom break. Shut up. Yeah. Man, are you excited like... I know, like, you want the pandemic to last forever, pretty much. No, I just, I don't mind if it does. Yeah. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Yeah. And, like, occasionally, like, I said, that, like, the beginning, there was, like, a, in a weird way, there was, like, a simplicity. There was, like, a simplicity to it that was kind of nice. Yeah. I, it allowed everyone to, like, slow down and a lot of not have to go like, anywhere. Hey, uh, I'm gonna, you know, at the beginning when people were still trying to do shit, like, hey, I'm going to be, I'm like, no. Sure, not gonna do that. Nope, I'm not going out. Like even even if I do wear a mask, I'm just like yeah, I'm not gonna go out. No, it's like I could go home and stay home. Yeah, and... I, I've I've got tactile issues. I don't really like shit touching my face. Yeah, like I don't wear jewelry. All that shit drives me fucking crazy. So wearing the mask, I'm like, all right, let me get the fuck in here and get the fuck out of here. <clears throat> yeah, you're not much of a. I mean, unless it's like a comedy show or like a concert or some shit. Yeah. You're the kind of guy that's like, get me away from people. Yeah, most of the time, yeah. You're just, I feel like you have like a really small group of people that you're like, all right, I can hang. Yeah, I can go to like a bar if it's real calm. Like the Hamilton. Yeah, or like a Chameleon across the street. Like the yeah, of course. Stuff like that, I fine. <clears throat> but going to like where you, that place Ladder you used 19. to work, like, <laughs> that was that was like countdown to me murdering someone. <laughs> And I still, like, even even then I, like, didn't really know you all that well at the time. It was just, like, you and Kyle and – I almost said Kyle and Lloyd. Uh, Kyle and Rand. Mm-hmm. You guys all came in. I was – the only time that was weirder was when John Shrek and Muhammad Patel came into Uncle Woody's. <laughs> I literally looked over because I think Muhammad, like, and John were at Max. And then they were, like, I think Schubert's at Woody's right now. So I looked over and I screamed at them. I'm, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> And then they got, like, a cup of, like, ice thrown at them or some shit. That's like, the most Woody's thing that can happen. <clears throat> Never been there, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like they're... I have not been there, uh, in over two years. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I haven't been there since I stopped working there. And I have no interest in going. Yeah, from what what from what I've heard of the place, it doesn't seem like a good fit for you. No, not at all. Okay. Like I, uh, last night, I was hanging out with some friends for St. Patrick's Day, and they all wanted to go to like Top Cats and shit, which was like up on Short Vine, and it's like a bunch of like eighteen year olds and like nineteen year olds. And Adam, Adam, I was like, no, I don't want to go. 
I'm not going up to short five. I'm not going up to hang with like 18 year olds and 19 year olds. I'm not going up to there or ladder 19 or anything like that. Like you, I think you and Rand and Kyle went because like I was there. Yeah. Like I am a 28 year old, more than halfway to 29. <coughs> Lloyd's like, God damn it. I'm an old man. I know that. Yeah. But I'm like more than halfway to 29. I can't go into ladder. And I'm like really happy that I know that now. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good thing to learn. It I mean, is. Well, when they told me, they're like, "Oh, Alex is DJing at this place. It's like a little place." Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com/slash/metaverseimpact. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com up on i'd never been there so i didn't know yeah and then we get there and i'm like uh it was nah, guys packed i always called the first floor of ladder the excuse me floor because you're always like excuse me excuse me excuse me yeah, it was the uh it was the i think we've talked about this before but i remember the bouncers just gonna be like come on man don't <laughs> like, the bouncers just looking at my looking at my face and i'm like moving past everybody and just give me this look like just be cool. Just, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. And that was like obviously pre pandemic, which is like, it seems like a totally different time. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know. To me, it does and it doesn't. Like, <clears throat> every once in a while, like, I'll see something pop up, like pre pandemic where no one had masks on or whatever. And I'm like, what's. Yeah. It's warped my view. I said it's warped my view of the past. Yeah. Like every time I see like like a, a packed sports stadium and a highlight, I'm like, no one's wearing masks, no one's social distancing. <laughs> They're all breathing, high five, and making out, giving blowjobs. They're doing nothing to stop the spread of COVID. I don't know, can we just keep the mask thing? Like, I don't want to be raw dogging everybody else's breath. <laughs> Man, Paul Brown's gonna be a damn nightmare this year. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I think I'm. I think I'm past my going to the stadium days. I'm not. It's uh <clears throat> usually the only time I go is when my friend Brian wants to go. Uh, he's wheelchair bound, so we'll take him and we go sit in the handicap section where there's not like people on top of you or whatever. Yeah, it's like there's people who like have no idea how football actually works. They're like you should have completed that pass, or you should have. I, I hate hearing crowds yell. Like, I'll never go to another... Because most of the time, they have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. I'll, I'll never go to another UFC event. It was... It was so nerve-wracking. Just to look, like, everybody like, oh, if that was me, I would have... No, you wouldn't have. Not even close. You'd have fell at that first leg kick. Jake ah. Paul, Like, Jake Paul, for example. Like, yeah. he would kick most people's asses. Yeah, and he's about to get... He's probably going to get beat up by Ben Askren. Ben Askren can't box. He's a wrestler. But Jake Paul's also <clears throat> a YouTube star who's taken boxing lessons. Right. Well, Ben Askren's trained with people for years and has had to learn how to, you know, 
but, hold his own with people in the ring. Yeah, but he is by no means a good striker. He's well below average for the sports. Why didn't last in the UFC? But what does that say about Jake Paul, though? I still think Ben Askren's going to beat him up. That'd be fun to watch. When is when's the fight? I don't remember. I, I have a hard time caring about any of those. Yeah. Like those like publicity fights, like yeah, the yeah, Jake yeah. Paul versus Nate Robinson fight. Now, when... What was it? The other one, Logan? Logan or, Paul? One of them was trying to get a fight with uh, Floyd Conor. Mayweather? Well, or, or Conor McGregor. I think... Kept, oh, which one was that? I can't remember which one. I don't... They're the same fucking thing. Whatever. <laughs> uh, one of them kept trying to get a fight with Conor. <clears throat> and Dana White tweeted about, out like, I'll let Amanda Nunes beat your ass. <laughs> and he was like, uh, no one knows who that is. And it's like, no, everyone knows who that is. <laughs> but she, I would, I would put every bit of money I had on the fact that she could beat the shit out of him. Oh, easily. I cannot wait to see that. Because he was talking about fighting Connor at 155. She fights 135 or 145 usually. She throwing 10 pounds and 155. And when she, when Amanda Nunes throws on pounds, it's not going to be like going to McDonald's pounds. It's like muscle. Yeah, she's a. She's a genetic freak. Yeah. Like, she moves up between 135 and 145, and she doesn't look like she's put, like, the 10 pounds different in, in a female division is usually kind of a lot. All but. <clears throat> but, I mean, like, usually, like, when girls move up, you can still see, like, a little, like, there's a little bit more loose skin on them, a little more, you know, not all of them just look like their muscles just swell up bigger, but she'll just go power lift for six months, and then fight in the 145-pound division, and then do cardio for six months and fight at 135. <clears throat> She's a freak that way. She can just do that, and her body responds to it. There's... Yeah. I would love to see Amanda Nunes fight like fight Jake Paul, even though Jake Paul's like a weight class above. Yeah. And then Amanda Nunes would still kick his ass. Uh, absolutely. I would put, I'd put my next five paychecks on the fact that she would beat his ass. And if there was a website you were like bet on that fight for, it's like a website you would go to. I go to bet online. Goddamn right. Uh, uh, BetOnline.ag. Uh, uh, wow, I'm sorry. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports <coughs> action. NBA is in full swing, and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. Brackets were just released about an hour and a half ago. Gross. Oh. <laughs> It can make people money. The tournament is coming, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest, as BetOnline is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.com or bet online, your online sports book experts. It's bet online. Um, but yeah, I think we walked all over that. Yeah. We really walked all over that, man. Made it work. We walked all over it in style. With some dope ass kicks. Dope ass kicks. Where would you get like some like super cool fucking kicks? Bro, you ever checked out eBay sneakers? I've absolutely checked out eBay sneakers. It's the way to go. It really is the way to go. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st, 
through eBay. It says eBay.com. Do <laughs> you have something on your mind when you're typing that in? Uh, each person. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't type this out. I know. It's uh, through our, our friends at Armchair Media. Uh, shout out to Andrew Stevens. They're probably thinking about the brackets or something. Yeah, uh, they'll be getting a new name. Uh, I believe April first. Sports drink. Uh, we'll we'll get to that uh, down the road probably uh, next month when we have a special guest on. Yep. Um, there it is. Each purchase you make through each purchase you make before March thirty first through eBay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one of one pair of Air Force One low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for shoe you're looking for on eBay. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent profession, professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity and is customized with the sneaker's details. Authenticity guarantee also protects sellers with a verified return process. <clears throat> it's also free to sell sneakers for $100 or more on eBay. And thanks, to, and thanks to eBay's authenticity guarantee, verified returns make the whole transaction worry-free. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money for more sneakers. These are shoes. They are pre-owned, rare, vintage, any kind of thing you can do, any kind of awesome sneaker. Just go to the eBay marketplace. It's the fucking best. There's some dope-ass kicks on there. When this, when, You know what? When you get your Biden stimmy next week, fucking... Buy go some. all out. Yeah. Go all out when you get your Biden stimmy. Send a screenshot to Armchair Media. Uh, this, these shoes are on our Twitter page. They're on our Instagram page at F-U-W-L-T Bengals on Instagram. Or, no, no, no. F-U like the Bengals on Instagram and F-U-W-L-T Bengals on the Twitter. So, Twitters. Dude, I'm just – I lost my train of thought there. That's okay. It is okay there because we only do these once a month now, and yeah. I mean we'll get back into the swing of things. Uh, come post, uh, come like NFL season, we're doing them once a week. We're gonna be rocking. We're gonna be rolling. It's gonna be dope, dude. It'll be fun. Um, also, I was gonna say I am a vax hole. Oh, look at him! I am a vax hole. <clears throat> Alex uh, was so ready for me to call him a vax hole once I told him what that term was. <laughs> I just saw on a, it got posted on Urban Dictionary earlier today, like someone who's bragging about being vaccinated already as a vaxhole. Yeah. And he said something about being vaccinated. And I was like, oh, did you know this term exists? And he was like, are you waiting to call me that? You're going to call me that, aren't you? Are you going to call me that? And I was like, no. I said that in a very Alex Asperger's way. It's, it's okay. It's like, you call me that. You, you call me that. You call me that. You call me that. I'm a vaxhole. I'm a vaxhole. He's going to get a vaxhole tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, coincidentally enough, on my lower back. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but no, I, uh, I, uh, thanks to the Mason City School District, shout out, I am now fully vaccinated, um, first-hand experience, get the fucking vaccine. Yeah. It's, the, I got the, I actually was lucky enough to get the Pfizer vaccine, and the only things that happened were, were my arms were sore to the touch for a couple days. I couldn't lift my sh- my arm above my shoulder, but now I'm just like, wee. I was like a waving tube man. <laughs> you could see me, like one day, like 
day one after the, I got the vaccine, I, I was like John McCain in a way. Like I couldn't lift my arm above my shoulder. But now I'm like wacky inflatable arm flailing too, man. Um, I'll make this real quick because Lloyd is not a ball with a stick guy. But I, I joined a ball with a stick team and I was like throwing and hitting just fine. And I felt fantastic. So, yeah, it's not bad. <clears throat> no, and it's, I mean, it's just being, you know, I mean, it's a basic responsibility to society that you can do. Yes. You said, because <clears throat> you were, we were talking about before the pod, like, people, like, this vaccine has been, like, thoroughly tested. Yeah, it's one of the most tested vaccines. If not, I think it might be the most tested vaccine ever. Granted, they had to, like, rush. <clears throat> All right, that's they did have to rush it out like a motherfucker because the pandemic was just ravaging through half a million Americans. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's kind of impressive how wide of a study they did in order to to get approvals for it and how low of a rate of side effects it's had. Yeah, it's just like for me, I mean, for people that have had like the Moderna vaccine, like some people have had like a really bad reaction to that and they've gotten sick for 24 hours, which would you rather get sick for 24 hours or risk getting COVID? Like, I have friends who still can't smell and taste. Yeah. Our friend, dear friend of the bot, Alicia Glean, I'm not even sure if she can still smell or taste. Yeah, I, I, there's a guy I do side jobs with, and uh, <clears throat> he's probably two months deep, can't smell or taste anything. I was very lucky to not lose any of my senses. Just, if this upsets you, get the fuck over it. But please, for the love of God, get your vaccine shot and if you can't, if you don't want to get the vaccine shot, do everything you can to prevent the spread. Yes, I mean, first off, for, first and foremost, just if you can't find a peer-reviewed study showing that something bad has happened, it probably didn't fucking happen. There's a lot of anti-vax people that like to throw out, <clears throat> "Oh, this happened and this happened." Check into it, look into it, because almost every one of those that I've seen and I've follow a whole bunch of anti-vax things because those guys make amazing memes. <laughs> Please send me some. I absolutely will. Me and Lily do it all the time because her mother's anti-vax. And, uh, Who is? My, Lily's mom. Oh. I've, I've been sneaking Lily vaccines for years. <laughs> comes Fuck visit, you. Comes up to visit for the summer. Let's go get some shots. Hell yeah. And does her mom know? <clears throat> I'm sure she's figured it out by now. It's or like you're not, not. I'm saying it into a microphone. So you're not sick. Not. It's like you're not sick. Something's wrong. Yeah, I. I don't know. That's. You don't have polio, you slut. Yeah. Hey, what's that scar on your arm? It's a polio vaccine. Why don't I have one? Oh, because it worked. <laughs> they didn't have to keep doing that. Yeah, Lily can walk all over her mainly because she has the polio vaccine. <laughs> yeah. But no. Here's the thing: her mom was fully vaccinated throughout her whole life. Really? Um, so even getting an HPV vaccine when it came out, the Gardasil shit. Yeah, and then all of a sudden was like, vaccines are bad; they cause autism. I'm like, hey, you know that? That's not. <laughs> that's that, which, not as bad as any of the things that they could get from that, if that was true. Yeah, what's? But it's also absolutely, undeniably, unequivocally, not true. The Even, only study that was ever done that had any kind of... It was of th- fabricated. It was totally fabricated. Guy lost his medical license, got sued into poverty, and now goes around and speaks in anti-vax things and looks like he's going to die. And that's how he makes his money. Yeah. Is like, by basically leading a cult of people who say vaccines cause autism, which this... 
take the non-dickish route with me for a second? Because, like, your your go-to response might be, like, fuck with me for a second. As someone with autism, what is so bad about autism? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I remember her mom said that to her one day, and I was like, you know I was diagnosed as autistic, right? Like, I'm autistic. You're telling her that's the worst shit that can happen? That's worse than losing your fucking legs to rickets? Like, what are we talking about here? Like, <laughs> Who still gets polio? Yeah, like... <clears throat> like, there, measles has made a comeback, I think. There's a measles outbreak that killed, like, seven fucking people. Yeah. That doesn't have to happen. We fixed that. There was, um... <clears throat> I read that the smallpox vaccine, it's the only um, disease in mankind that was completely eradicated and was in thanks in large part due to a vaccine program solely due to not in a large part solely due to the vaccine program yeah and they fucking nailed it yeah and people and every time like a fucking outbreak happens like this happened with like polio but like people wore masks yeah well it i mean there's the an outbreak of smallpox like 20 years ago and i think tanzania or something i can't remember for sure but i think that's where it was and, like, they just vaccinated everyone in the area again, like, that didn't have it. And it went away with, like, four people being, like, seriously fucked up by it. Hmm. And the vaccine, they've got it down to where it costs, like, 14 cents to make. Really? Yeah. Man. It's, I mean, it's crazy how fast people are getting vaccinated. Like, by in America, like, by May 1st, every adult can have a, it's the, <clears throat> what, what old man Biden's saying is... By May 1st, every adult can have a vaccine. And people are also shying away from, like, the Johnson & Johnson one, which is, like, it's only 85%. Well, no, that's what they said at first. Now it's... It's also going up. But I also had this thought with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Like, people are still... Like, if you get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, you're going to be in a room <laughs> full of people who have had the Moderna vaccine, who have had the Pfizer vaccine. So you're... I mean, it's only... Even if it's, like, only... 75 80%, you're going to be in a room with people who are like 95% immune and 93% immune. So, in all, it's. Well, the newer statistics coming out say that even the Johnson Johnson one's way higher than what they initially thought. Yeah. Because it was a smaller uh, sample size at first. Yeah. And now that people are being vaccinated, like the, that number is fucking going up. So, I guess what. To wrap it up, what we're saying is don't listen to MTV scientist Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> don't listen, listen to, to actual scientists. Don't listen to the guy from Liar Liar. Yeah. Turned out her kid isn't autistic anyway. She's half Canadian. <laughs> What's the difference? I mean, kind of the same. Yeah. Which, which by the way, I, I, have, I now have a bit about, because my dad told me one day that vaccines caused me to have Asperger's, and I kind of went ham on it one day. And I was like, which is a weird reason to get a vaccine. It's like, hey, why'd you get vaccinated? Because I'm failing math and I need help. <laughs> I can't count good. Stick me with needles, Doc. I want to count better. Yeah, but I don't want to talk to people. <laughs> I don't want to talk to people anymore properly. Give me this shit. Maybe if I go like get a second round, maybe I'll actually have like pitch then. Because you've got like perfect pitch. Yes. And I have no pitch. Yeah. So maybe if I just go get all the vaccines a couple more times. You'll be able to sing with me. Yeah. Yeah. See? I'm like right armchair. See if I'll like, uh, sponsor that. You know, help the podcast. Yeah. I'll we'll be able to sing better. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, we. I mean, we we've done like emo shit. It's gonna be weird to tell our our special guest next month what the the song concept will be. 
try and find something uh, that he likes. Yeah, or just something that's you know in the middle enough not to be too weird. Yeah. So WAP. Yeah. We we managed to not do WAP last year. I know. We uh we we thought about it like four different times. No, no we didn't think about it. I suggested it, and you said no every time. <laughs> well, just especially in the height of it, I just I don't know. I don't like. I don't like doing something that trendy. It's just yeah, hard. For it feels me. expected. Yeah, in a way. Megan Thee Stallion was the best part of that song. Anyway, um, <laughs> the best part of life right now is what? She said she's one of the best parts of life right now. We'll get weird for a second. It was weird that like, did you watch? I'm I'm imagining you watched the New Year's Eve coverage. Not at all. Yeah, I figured as such, <laughs> but. She did uh, her song "Body" and a body, yaddy, 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 and she performed in like basically a like a fucking bodysuit. Yeah, it's weird that Megan the Stallion's tits were the, the way to bring in 2021. I'm like, all right, I can. I think this might be a good year. I ain't gonna lie, they've probably been the way I brought in a whole bunch of nights. Sitting <laughs> here by myself. Oh yeah, I mean, I ended up by myself on New Year's, which it is honestly the way it should have been because of, <laughs> because of the pandemic and shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I Again, I feel bad. Like, I don't care about any of those things. Like, <clears throat> New Year's, like, I, I don't want to Live your out. life. I don't want to go out on fucking New Year's because, exactly like I said earlier, everyone turns into that loud, drunk way too early. Everyone turns into White Claw drunk. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not here for that at all. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I, I get mad if you... Like, if I'm at a bar and someone is drinking, like, past their capacity to drink, I don't like them. <laughs> like, I've had friends that I had to not like for a night. Like, I don't like who you are right now. What you are, you can't handle your shit. Don't do it. There, I guarantee there have been times that you've not been able to stand me. No, you've never really bothered me. Like, there's times where it's, uh, <laughs> like, we'll be at a comedy show and you'll be making, like, dad jokes until you get comfortable. And that's like, all right. Let's skip past this part and get to where we just have a normal conversation. Yep. And then you do, and it's fine. Yeah. So, no, you don't really bother me, but, like, if you were drunk enough where you're stumbling into me every few minutes, <clears throat> you'd see it. What I do when I get, like, super drunk is I will, like, do, like, a field sobriety test to myself, like, a walk in, like, a straight line. It's, like, with my with heel-to-toe shit. I will do that just to make sure, like, all right, I can still, I can still walk. Fuck you. I can still walk. I have my sense of balance. And I'm going to do great, and I'm going to get home. Put on the pink wig and then say that again. <laughs> we have a bag full of wigs sitting right here. And, there's a uh, pink wig? Yeah, I think so. I think I saw a pink one in there. Uh, there's a fro. Oh, it's the Lizzo wig. Oh, pink wig. <clears throat> Found the right, pink wig. So I'm going to have Alex redo that, and then I'm going to film it for you guys. All right, listen. What what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna take a field sobriety test, and what we're gonna do hold is uh, is why uh, why why hold on? Because the video stopped immediately for some reason. Okay, so and let's go again. Okay, so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna take a field sobriety test right here. I'm gonna do I'm gonna walk heel toe heel toe. I'm gonna walk in a straight line. I'm gonna tell the bouncer. I'm like, hey man, I I I have not had enough to drink. I have I've had I need I need more shots. Can you get me? Can you get me a green tea? Green teas. Um, okay, I'm gonna say that's enough. That's twenty th- seconds. That's enough. 
That was so much fun. Can uh, I see a picture of that? Sure. Oh my god, that was so much fun. I just want to see a picture. I don't want to watch the video. I don't want to watch it. I don't want you to, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Your boy looks good in pink. <laughs> Man. Speaking of boys who look good in things. What the fuck happened last week? Well, wow, what weird, a segue. Weird segue. That was a weird segue. I was trying to segue into like Bengals, like guys who we hope could like look good as Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Speaking of guys who would look good in a Bengals uniform. <laughs> well, we didn't bring up the Bengals. That's no. why that's why I shied away I, from that. I got you. I'm saying that that's how it's Yes. Probably the only saving way to do that is Right. But yes, there are a lot of guys out there that we hope would look good in a Cincinnati Bengals uniform. Faux show. Faux show. Because uh, free agency starts, uh, this episode's coming out the 15th. It'll start this Wednesday, March 17th. There's a lot of shit the Bengals need to do, and they have a ton of options. And let's just see what they actually fucking do, because <clears throat> apparently there was a leak from the Bengals' office, I guess, yesterday, saying they're unlikely to re-sign William Jackson III. Which, well, also, they didn't have Trey Waynes last year, who they signed for three years, 42 mil. Right, but... It's hurtful. Yeah. It sucks. be a hard one to replace on a... Like someone who's that... End of the system and He's ready to... He's just a good corner. Yeah, just someone who's ready to go, like, you know, now. He, like, held his own against, I mean... Everyone? Look, yeah, pretty much everyone. He didn't, like... He wasn't, like, a pro bowler ever, but he was always the kind of guy that would, like, hold his own against, like, say, your fucking OBJs or... If we were a bigger market team, he would have been a pro bowler. I mean... Oh, well, if we were a bigger market team, Jesse Bates would have been a pro bowler every single fucking year of his career. True, very true. Instead, we got Tyron fucking Matthew. Well, Which, he's fine. But. Yeah, but... I mean, it sucks to see guys always have to leave in order to get catch the payday. Or, you know, even just the recognition they deserve. Yeah. Like, it happened with Jonathan Joseph. Yeah. He left, and everybody's like, Jews, where's this guy been? Well, he's been on the Bengals doing the exact same <laughs> shit. You just didn't see it. He was he was doing the exact same shit and younger. Uh, yeah. Because Jonathan Joseph played for the Bengals for, like, the first five years of his career. He was a solid corner. Then he went to Houston for, like, t- 20 <coughs> years and then kicked ass and took names. And I'm just – Well, I mean, like, Zeitler. No one knew Zeitler's name before. He was a fucking 27th pick overall. No one knew who the fuck he was. Yep. And he shows up somewhere else, and everybody's like, oh. Check out this dude. Like it happened with Rex Burkhead too. Yeah, Rex Burkhead again. I mean, there's a reason New England snipes everyone we draft is we've got good draft choices. We just don't have the market to support them. <sighs> like when Richard Sherman came out and said, "Like who's the best quarterback from this class?" and he said, "Without a doubt, Justin Herbert." I'm like, the Chargers, their market's probably a little higher than the Bengals. I mean, if all plays out the way it should, Burrow's going to have the significantly better career than Justin oh, Herbert. Sure. But for sure, I mean, Sherman's a smart motherfucker. But for him to say, like, man, Herbert's going to have the better career, well, he's better, the best quarterback of the class, hold your goddamn horses. And I know you, you have a real hard-on for Tua Tonga Bailoa. Uh, no, I mean, I, honestly, I just, I know you like making big statements like that. 
I don't develop that strong of an opinion about things. I just, at the time, I thought I had seen more out of him. Yeah. And was like, okay, I'm more comfortable with that because I tend to go more conservative with how to build a team kind of yeah. way of looking at things. But that's me. Like, I'm always... I'm always the the one who's excited when they pick a fucking lineman in the first couple rounds instead of a skill player. This it, this draft will be the pinnacle of that. I hope I hope so. Because the top of this draft, I've been like ball steep in this in this draft for the last month or so. The top of the draft is going to be so filled with quarterbacks that the Bengals have an embarrassment of riches to pick from. I yeah, that's what I'm hoping how it pans out. You mean it? Penny's out. <laughs> Penny. There's we'll, those fucking we'll, dad jokes we'll, again. We'll see. Well, we'll see. Well. God damn it! You out dad joked me. That's uh, hey, dad jokes coming in hot. <laughs> Kids live with me again. <laughs> yep. I don't think you make dad jokes in front of Lily. Oh, I do. Oh, God. and I always do the dad joke coming in hot and finger guns. <laughs> she hates it a lot. Oh, I don't doubt it. But the Bengals have a, they have so many options at the top of the draft. There's Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase. Uh, someone suggested Jalen Waddell. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Pitts. Don't draft a tight end that high. I I think it'd be a shame to because I mean we just <clears throat> we don't use tight ends the way he plays, so it seems silly to pick him. Yes. The Bengals they've never really had that like elite tight end like they had one year of Tyler Eifert. Well, also just. We never have a line good enough to not need tight ends to block. This is going to be a strange offseason. I, I was at my trivia gig at, at uh, Hopscotch, and someone suggested that the Bengals could go from a bottom five onset offensive line to a top five offensive line in one offseason. Yeah, it's, it's very possible this year. It's just whether or not they'll do it. The big, the big guy that a lot of Bengals fans are really hoping for is Joe Thune. Yeah, and... I mean, it's a, it's almost a fucking no-brainer. The the big the big hurdle is going to be other teams. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the problem. Is like he could come here and know he's going to get paid. Know he's going to have all he has to do is maintain, and he'll have as long of a career as he wants and get paid well. It's like a hometown story too, because he went to fucking Alter High School right. and and. He... But then you have to you have to worry that. The thought of playing here versus even somewhere just a little bit bigger market makes his name bigger, makes the jersey sales bigger, makes the... Here's a here's a hot take, though. You're not really getting jersey sales from linemen, though. No, 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 you're not. But I'm, I'm saying that's the way, like, his team is going to pitch that. Yeah. They all want to make the most money they can. So they like, you rarely make... get big jersey sales from guards. <laughs> right. I desire a jersey, but whatever. You would. I would. That's, He's another guy the Bengals could bring back. Yeah, and I think he might come back. I mean, he knows a lot of the guys. He he's familiar. I mean, he's familiar with the city. He's familiar with the team. I don't know if he's familiar with a whole lot of the players and shit. Here's a weird thought. Okay, let's say they trade for Thune. Well, Thune is a free, well, he's a free agent now. Right, but if they just sign him to a base deal so that they can trade him, he ends up. He could potentially end up with more money. So you sign Thune and then immediately trade him away? Yeah. Why? Because they've done it before. Who they do it with? Uh, T.O. Well, I mean, T.O. and... 
Thune is, I mean, it's kind of a different situation. Right, but if they really wanted A.J. Green and wanted to trade for him, that's the way they get those... I mean, they should have traded A.J. Green fucking last year. <clears throat> well, no, I mean, I don't mind him giving him a year to see how he comes back, bounces back, whatever. But he's at that point where he probably wants to leave and finish out somewhere cushy and <clears throat> make it a little bit more scratch. I get it. Yeah. He's the, I mean, I read an article somewhere that said the bank, I mean, I forget where I read it, but A.J. Green could just end, he could basically end up back with the Bengals. Yeah. Just like on a fucking one-year, $7 million prove-it deal. Yeah. That's entirely possible. I did read uh, on <coughs> the, I saw it on Twitter somewhere, but the Bengals are actively pursuing Rams wide receiver Josh Reynolds. I, I kind of get that, but I also kind of have a. I don't know that he. He's not like a quick pass guy, really. Like he, okay, so he's. I have developed kind of a soft spot for a receiver like Reynolds. Yeah. Where he's the kind of receiver who doesn't get a ton of opportunities, but when he does, he steps up and makes the most of them. Right, but that's what everyone said about Tate, and they've used him. Barely. It's, they still use him every now and then. Right, but that's what I'm saying is, do we need another Tate, or do we need... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather see another decent tight end than a receiver we're going to only... There's also Gerald Everett out there. Well, see, that's a much better fit, though. That's that is faster gonna be... response kind of... You know what I mean? Like... That is going to be a crowded tight end field with... Gerald Everett and CJ Uzama and your sample. Yeah, I think I mean I think Sample's gonna be the guy. I think so too. <clears throat> With the way he played this year, I mean He's all I from what I've seen, he's he's like working his at, he's working out like a motherfucker. Yeah, he's I mean he's just he's that he's that dude. Like Burrow even said, like he's one of the guys that's there as soon as Joe's like, Hey, let's go out on the field and throw something, he's like, Yep. And he's like, Hey, you guys wanna stay late and throw something? Drew's first one, yep. He's so, the kind of guy that's like the first one on the field and the last one to leave. Yeah, and I mean, you know, even <laughs> coming out of college, he was he was called a workhorse. Like, yeah, he's been working out like crazy. I'm sure. I just hope his like, when you draft a tight end in the second round, you want him to like kind of, or when you make a high pick for a tight end, you want him to like kind of be a guy that like puts up stats because there are so many people out there that think of Drew Sample as a bust. See, I don't get that at all. He's done what they need. They had a weak line. He blocked really well, and well, people and still, still managed to, and then still managed to put up numbers in most games, which a lot of the tight ends that do that aren't required to block a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you'll see Jimmy Graham blocking a whole bunch. Well, Jimmy Graham is was mostly a receiving tight end, right? That's what I'm saying. Is <clears throat> that's how they were using him because they had the line where they could. Yep, they use him. <laughs> And if you had to bet, you know, if you had to bet on like how much the Bengals would like use Drew Sample, it's like a website you would go to or go to Bet Online. God damn right. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. The tournament is coming, and so is the one hundred thousand dollar bracket managed contest as Bet Online is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Dude, so we're like we're talking about like Drew Sample and shit. Like he's gotta have the fucking coolest shoes. <clears throat> he does. He really does. <clears throat> and is there like a place if you want to if you wanted to find like a giant sample of shoes? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> do you though? There, I do. Oh. If you wanted to find like a big sample of like what shoes are out there, is that like a, a place you'd go to on the internet or eBay? eBay. Found it on eBay. <laughs> God damn it. I've seen him three times. I know. <laughs> I wish I didn't know that, but I do know that. <laughs> I saw him uh Weird Al. I, I saw him like Two year, like a year and a half ago, he did like a concert with like a strings group. Yeah, like the Dayton Orchestra or some shit. It was fantastic. Yeah, he's he's such an odd, lovable dude. I I have nothing against him. I was just it just you're just like I still forget how white you are. No, no, no. That like I saw him at Kings Island one year. Like he just oh at the Timberwolf Amphitheater. Yeah. I was just there. I had no idea that was happening. And I walked by like, let's say fucking weirdo. Like, like fuck y'all. Go ride your shit. I'm going to be right here. <laughs> Dude. I mean, and also I've noticed this about like Weird Al shows. The Weird Al crowd and the pro wrestling crowd, identical. No, I'd say there's a lot more like, <clears throat> there's a lot more like the button up collar crowd at a weird out but there definitely is that like that subsect of that pro wrestling vibe to a big portion of the crowd oh it's it's like you'll see a lot of adult children yes at weird out concerts i was gonna say it was more like a like a gen con crowd something like you know what i mean like a lot of the guys you see there you go his girlfriend is a pillow with an anime character drawn on it <laughs> guilty Poke a little hole, roll up some baloney. Poke a hole in a pineapple. Ah, cassava. (laughs) The sexiest of all the melons. (laughs) From Rare Deadstock. From Rare Deadstock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for. You can find pre-owned sneakers, rare, vintage, Retro, so many awesome ass sneakers on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com sneakers will enter you into a drawing for one of one for one pair of air one of four pairs of Air Force One low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. Once I get the Biden stimulus check, I will absolutely fucking do that. I gotta probably get it this week, and I'm very excited. <coughs> because because <sighs> substitute teacher money and trivia money isn't cutting it right now. Whether rare, dead stuck, or the latest released, find the exact shoe you're looking for on eBay. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. How many in- inspection points? A bunch. Dozens. 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 
Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity and is customized with the sneaker's details. Authenticity guarantee also protects sellers with a verified return process. It's also free to sell sneakers that are $100 or more on eBay. It's the... It's on the eBay marketplace, and thanks to eBay's authenticity guarantee, verified returns make the whole transaction worry-free. With other websites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Go to the eBay marketplace, get some goddamn sneakers, win some of those, win some of those shoes. They're on our Twitter. They're on our Instagram page. Get it done. Get it fucking done. <clears throat> Daddy so, Biden going to turn this into a pandemic? Get out. I know this is your apartment, but get the fuck out. You know, like you know, like my <laughs> my bands. Oh, uh, that's fine. Um, so uh, I know, like it's free agency time, and is there like someone that's out there? I don't know how much you've been looking, looking into like who's out there. Is there a guy that's out there that's like besides like the ones that we brought up? They're like, man, I would love to see that guy as a Cincinnati Bengal. Um, what's the Chargers let go? Trey Turner. Yeah. Offensive lineman. <clears throat> Again, I, that's that's my favorite. Is offensive defensive lineman. There's like fucking two, building the trenches. Yeah, there's like two D linemen too that are that are out there that my brain sucks and I can't remember. But I read about it the other day. There's like two of them that are like one was a two time Pro Bowler and one of them was a one time Pro Bowler, but both of them are like. 30 or under, and free agents this year. You got to fucking scoop up. Obviously, priority number one has to be your offensive line. Yeah. Because it got Burrow nearly killed last year. The Bengals are so lucky that he only missed six games. Yeah. They are monumentally lucky. I I was... I remember after the first game, me being like, all right, I like what Joe Burrow did, but uh, let's see how many games he can do that for. Because I guess what I said on the podcast, probably. Because <clears throat> I just remember watching him get tossed around. Yeah. And I'm like, I know he's a young dude, but those are big, big boys to be hitting you like that. Because, I mean, it's just, what's crazy about Burrow is like he never... That dude has monster cock confidence. Oh, yeah. And he, <clears throat> even with his shitty offensive line and, like, getting sacked a shit ton, he never lost it. No, he kept it together. It's it's insane what he's been able to do. Definitely commendable. Like, I, 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 I'll I, be the first one to say, like, I was Skept- very skeptical, very hesitant on them picking him. And um, He's the guy that can... <clears throat> yeah, I was wrong. He did well. He's, it's, he's not just the guy that can change a franchise. He's the guy that can... It's weird to say after like his rookie year, he's the guy that can transform a city. Well, hopefully, you hope, because Cincinnati has such a fucking sports curse. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I, I know I harp on this all the time, but that it's the curse of the small market, man. It's yeah, it's the curse of owners, both the Reds, <clears throat> both the ball with the stick team, and the Bengals, just not wanting to spend money. Yeah, and people not wanting to come here for unless they get overpaid. <laughs> exactly. Like what the Bengals are going to probably have to do for for Thune. I mean, realistically, I think 
They offered that dude like a two-year deal, seven to eight mil a year. <clears throat> He'd probably take it. Thuny? Yeah. It's going to take more. I think if they offer him a, like a one to two-year deal with like a sweetener on it with like a performance bonus package that's real high end, <clears throat> I think they can get it done. You hope so. But I don't think most places that need him or have a lot of cap space, I guess is what I'm going well, like I said, I mean, you hope that Thune's hometown ties help him out. Because, again, like, he went to Alter High School in Kettering. He's tweeted out Who Day in the past. Yeah. You got to hope that, that those ties fucking bind. What's up? Hope you got to hope that the ties, ties that bind. bind. You have to. Um, You were saying, like, those offensive <laughs> and defensive linemen like Trey Turner. Is there anyone else out there that's, like, I wish Take I could remember fancy. the one D-line. I, there's one that I got kind of excited about when I read it. Now I can't remember even what team he was on. Um, He was like third when Geno, the year Geno Atkins was first. Uh, So, wow, that was like 2010. And that was... There was a, also Jarrell Casey for No, maybe it was, it was the second time that Geno was right at the top there. He was like two behind him. Well, Gina was a fourth-round pick that year. No, I'm thinking, I think maybe it's like 2014 or something. Was this kid, I think was his... I'm, I'm, I'm butchering this and going to mess it up bad if I keep trying to just guess stuff, but I remember reading it on, like, I think it was one of the Cincy Jungle Facebook posts or whatever. They had a list of people that were potential. Let's see. Not clowny. No, but... Definitely not Aaron Donald. No. Yeah, we're not getting him. Um, I'm not saying he was much. a Seahawk or something. I, I <laughs> Carlos <remember>. Dunlap. <laughs> uh, didn't they just let him go? Yeah, they did. Yeah. The Bengals, like, surprisingly won that trade. <clears throat> yeah. They got, like, the offensive... Well, Dunlap played a little bit, but ended up getting released. Like, the guy the Bengals got, like, barely played at all. So they both got released at the end of the season, and the Bengals got a free late round pick out of it. Yeah, so the the pick is the the win to me. Yeah, you hope that <coughs> obviously you hope it pans out just to be a fuck you to Seattle. Yeah, because fuck your rainy ass city. Yeah, grunge is dead. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I love grunge music. <laughs> I just like being contrary. Uh, I always thought Nirvana was a little overrated. I love bands like Mud Honey and well, before I go, yeah, there's a bunch of grunge bands like that were not that main wave that came like kind of behind that were fantastic. Oh, I don't doubt it at all. And then there was the post grunge era, which is actually kind of the era that I grew up on. Yes, because you're ten years younger than me. I get yes. it. I'm old, Alex. I understand. No, I wasn't saying that as like a. I was, I was just like a general statement. Um, there's a couple players that I'm a little horny for. Uh, I do want, like I said, I want another wide receiver because. I, I don't want that to be a big get though. Like I don't want them no, to spend no. a lot or. <clears throat> the big the big money has to be on offensive linemen. The big draft pick has to be on an offensive lineman. There's a few guys out there where I'm like. It fits with what the Bengals have right now. Because right now, assuming all goes to plan, Boyd's your number one, T-Sip's your number two, Auden takes your number four, and there's a question mark at three. 
and there's a few guys out there that could really fit at that <coughs> three spot. There's also a couple guys that really haven't gotten much of a chance since they've been here that might very well fill that number three. Like, there's teams that have tried to get some of our receivers that aren't even ones we use all the time because they had them high on... What do you think of John Ross, and like, what do you, what do you think he's going to do? I think if they used him well, he could be useful, but I don't know that they will. No. I think you Ross have, is gone. There's uh, no probably. there's no way Ross stays. I, I wouldn't say no way. Um, I think if they told him, hey, we're going to make you a slot guy and then a go-route guy, like slot first, go-route as a secondary, he might – he might stay. That's Do you his... think he could function as a three receiver? Yeah, I think he could. I mean, he. I mean, he, I mean obviously have to improve speed. his hands. They picked him up for speed, and then they tested him out not using him for speed, and he didn't do well. The, I think <clears throat> I've no, I picked up on this a lot recently, but I think a, a, t- a mistake teams make is reaching for speed receivers in the draft. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's... They a lot of teams, and I've said this last month to Matt Barr, but they're the kind of receivers that make the Raiders come. Yep. Like they show up, they put up an insane forty time, and they'll end up picking the guy that that runs maybe a tenth or two tenths of a second faster than the overall better receiver, and they end up not be having as productive of a career, or at least not for the Raiders, and then some other team that's actually willing to teach them how to do the job they're supposed to be doing because college uses speed guys as speed guys. It's all you do. Well, the reason speed guys function so well in college is because it's much easier to outrun a defensive back from say Tennessee right. or Kentucky than it is the Baltimore Ravens. And it's also if your quarterback has 14 seconds to throw it, you can run real far. <laughs> yeah. And you can catch and it makes teams like John Ross, for example, it's easy to make an. It's easy to have, like, not like John Ross's big complaint about him was his hands and his injuries. But like when he was on the field, his hands. Yeah. It's easy to make uncontested catches. Well, right, but they also had him running like stop routes and shit that he's just never done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they didn't use him the way he was used in college. Yeah, he's not used to running ten yards, stopping on a dime, turning to catch a ball. That's not what he did before. He's the guy that opens up the defense and makes one, either one safety or one cornerback have to just completely ignore what's happening within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Right. He's a guy who, he's used to those, you know, more of an over-shoulder catch kind of guy. Yep. More of a... The two receptions for 72 yards and a touchdown kind of guy? Yeah. That guy. Yeah. And it's a a good guy to have on the team. You just got to hope that he... Or just, if nothing else, have him return punts. Yes, I was thinking that earlier. I don't know why they didn't. I guess he didn't like it, but I don't. You get you're getting paid really well, so I think you can do it. Yeah, he was he was drafted one pick before Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, like why your team sucks said. I will. I will. I don't think I'll ever forget that John Ross was drafted before Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that's a rough one. And three picks before Deshaun Watson. Yeah. What is your cat doing? It's trying to die. <laughs> your cat knows it fucked up. God, I hate that fucking cat. <laughs> We're real.
unprofessional here at Fuck You Like the Bengals. Sorry, my daughter, um, when she moved back in, she brought a dog and a cat. And the cat sucks. <laughs> I grew up in a house where we always had cats. Yeah. And I've had, I mean, probably, when I say we had cats, I mean, we lived on five acres of farmland in Alabama, and we had lots of cats. Yes. And I'm, so I, I don't hate cats. I hate this cat. <laughs> this fucking cat is, it seems like all it does is find a way to break something. <laughs> it seems like its entire life goal is to be irritating and to break shit. Isn't that my life goal? I mean, I hope not, but if <laughs> if it is, then you know what? I support you. You can do that. You're a thinking creature that doesn't live in my apartment all the time. I mean, that can change if you wanted to. If you start throwing shit off my shelves randomly and breaking them, we'll probably have a different interaction. <laughs> You'll beat the shit out of me. I mean, that, but I feel bad beating up a fucking six-pound cat. <laughs> Don't you feel bad beating up an autistic guy? I'm an autistic guy. <laughs> yeah, so you're basically on my intelligence level. Yeah. See, it's it's not bad if I do it. It still sounds bad. I don't know. That's fine. I'm too big to be beating up anybody. I don't want to beat up anything if I ever... The only thing I want to beat up for the rest of my life is my own dick. Oh, it's... The pandemic has led a lot of people to be sad and single as fuck. And have their room smell like bleach. (laughs) And cum. Anyway, uh... That that was the joke, yeah. Yes. Um, So there's like a... There's a few actually like free agent guys out there that I wouldn't mind having as a third option of wide receiver if John Ross doesn't come back, if Adriel Jeremiah doesn't come back. There's three guys out there that are on my wish list, and they're not like the crazy expensive guys. Number one <coughs> is Curtis Samuel. Oh, yeah, I didn't actually thought about it. That's not a bad fit. Not at all. He's He was the kind of guy in Carolina who he was their th- second or third wide receiver. It seemed like Robbie Anderson, Mister. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find your wife, fucker, and not in her eye, Anderson. That's so goddamn funny. It, it really was. It was that was good. Uh, but he was either like the second or third wide receiver on that that roster. I think he was more like the, the second guy because Anderson was more the go route guy. Well, I mean, but they kind of run a weird. They use their receivers oddly. At times. Well, they also have DJ Moore, who was like, he was like kind of their de facto number one. Yeah. But Samuel was putting up some serious numbers. I think he's a very reliable guy. He's incredibly reliable. So, yeah. He I, was their T. Higgins. I think, I think he would be a good fit. I, I, that's actually what I was thinking was he'd be a good fit, like behind T. Yep. I like that. I like the Curtis Samuel pickup. Another guy I like, because um, like I was saying, Samuel put up some really good numbers with. Teddy fucking Bridgewater as his quarterback. <laughs> Forget that guy exists. Teddy Bridgewater is America's quadruple A quarterback. He, here's the, he's not that bad, but he's also just not gonna be that good. I'll I, explain why he's a quadruple A quarterback. I'm, I'm, you see what I'm you you picking up what I'm putting down? I'm there. Go ahead. He's the kind of quarterback who is like, when he's starting, people are like, why is he starting? And when he's a backup, people say, why is he a backup? He's yeah. the quadruple-A quarterback. I got gotcha. you. So he was putting up numbers with Teddy Bridgewater, his <sighs> nimble, his fucking noodle-ass arm. Uh, second guy I wouldn't mind having on our team is Nelson Aguilar. I don't know that I know enough to comment on that. 
He was the Raiders kind of second. Well, well their receiver core was like very mediocre this year. But Aguilar was like kind of well. Darren Waller was their number one target. Yeah, I, I I know who he is. I just don't remember seeing enough Raiders games to. I've seen enough Raiders highlights to know that like Aguilar is. He's an underrated deep threat. Was he like their, uh, like their Amendola before he popped? Maybe. Like remember Amendola had like a season or two where he was. He was real good for a couple of years. <clears throat> well, no, I mean, but like right before he had like one or two, and then he was. <clears throat> everyone knew who he was. Yeah. But there's a couple seasons there where. He was he was that guy they kind of went to when they needed something. Yeah. And Aguilar was like he functioned well as a deep guy. You would see him you would see Derek Carr occasionally throw like a fucking 60 he would like a halt like hurl a 60-yard touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. Like the Raiders are like fucking full of deep threats because yeah. they like fast guys. The like the Raiders play fo- the way they want to play football is they want to play it faster and stronger than everybody. Which works makes them a good fit a- for Vegas. It works to a certain extent. Like, is your football IQ where it should be? Like, are like you may be faster, but like, are you a better football player? Like, you wouldn't have thought it. You know who the first wide receiver taken in the NFL draft last year was? I don't remember. Henry Ruggs. Oh yeah, forgot about the guy. Yeah, yeah. So did a lot of people. <laughs> and like, there are like. Three or four, at least five wide receivers last year who were drafted who were better than Rux. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> the best last year was Justin Jefferson. Solid. Solid. Very solid. Um, Tisa Higgins. A guy I'm really high on. Brandon Ayuk. I'm high as fuck on that guy. They just need a better quarterback. Maybe, yeah, I was going to say, I, need, I, I think I need to see a little more to... Ayuk is it, very solid. Right, it looked like he did a lot of like saves, saving the day kind of th- motions. But <clears throat> when you have a quarterback that's struggling like that, that guy always looks better. Yeah, I mean, like you got Ayuk, you've got Steve <clears throat> Debo Samuel when he's healthy, you've got George Kittle when he's healthy. Yeah, well, I, I was just saying it would. You, it's it's more the like the TJ Husmanzada. The year that the line fell apart on Carson, where Hushmanzada <laughs> just looked like the best fucking guy in the world, but it's because yeah. he was all the short, middle routes and the quick throw. Hushman's. He was always the, he was always the relief valve guy, and when the guys always when your quarterback's always looking for a relief valve, then that guy looks good. Does that I, make sense? Yeah, or? I remember I went to a a Bengals practice back when Chad and TJ were on the team, and I watched. I think it was Palmer just. Through Palmer just threw like a, a fucking moon ball up in the air, and TJ just snatched it with one hand. Yeah, he was. I'm not saying he wasn't good. I'm just saying that. No, no, no. I'm. Just, I was just telling the TJ who's inside a story. Yeah, I'm just. There's that a <clears throat> little bit of glamour that gets thrown on a guy who say who you know. Hey, you hear his name a lot associated with that first down that you really fucking needed. Yeah. Like he was um, like Rudy. He was like wide receiver Rudy Johnson. Yeah. Rudy was the guy that's like if you if you had three yards to go and you it was if it was third and three and you really fucking needed that first down. Or actually you know what? Fuck third and three. Second and three. Yeah. Because you're not gonna run up the middle on third and down. On third down. But if you really Unless need that you're... first down on, on second and three, Rudy can get yeah. three, four yards. Rel- pretty reliably. 
Which I think, like, the way Rudy played was the reason we went after Cedric Benson like we did. Yeah, God rest his soul. Trying, I mean, just trying to get that same kind of... Yeah. So, if I mean, if you're going for, like, a third wide receiver, if you want a deep threat... I'm not. I'm not saying Curtis Samuel's deep threat. I, I see him as more of like a slot guy or a secondary receiver. I mean, but that, I think that's that's not a bad fit though. Like, what I see uh, T. Higgins as though he he's the kind of receiver that can play anywhere on the field. Yes, he can be a deep threat. He can be a slot guy. He can be a number one receiver. Dude can play anywhere. Yeah, he can be your number one and your number two in the same fucking game. He's phenomenal. And the third wide receiver who I would like really love the Bengals to give a shot is John Brown. Again, I might not. I don't think I know enough about. He was a. Uh, he is one of the most underrated receivers in the league for, of the last five years. He was a. Uh, started out as a Cardinal, then went to Baltimore for a year, and then was a Bill for the last couple of years. All right, well, see, I thought he was still in Baltimore. No, he's a Bill. <laughs> he's a Bill, or he was a Bill. But John Brown is like that kind of guy who's like, his entire. He's had a couple thousand yard seasons. Yeah. But. Throughout his entire career, he's been like a reliable deep threat. Yeah, I guess I, just, <clears throat> I don't know why in my brain I just didn't see him as like a deep threat guy. But yeah, now that I think about it, I do remember seeing him playing with the Bills. <clears throat> for some reason, yeah, for some reason I still thought he was in Baltimore. My brain just sucks sometimes. That's okay. He got like the latter years of Carson Palmer. And then for the last two years, he's had, well, he kind of like didn't put up crazy stats last year. But like 2019, 1,000 yard receiver. And, and well, also 2019, they didn't have Stefan Diggs yet. Yeah. So that could probably be it. But John Brown, like it was. Well, last year was mainly. Oh, I don't know if it was hurt, but it was Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis. Kind of came up and did pretty yeah, well. Yeah. And then Dawson Knox got some receptions. That was a crowded receiver core. <clears throat> yeah, I guess it kind of just. Oh, it's just one of those guys that kind of dropped off my radar a little bit, but yeah, that's it not, happens. That's not a terrible. It's not a terrible match. I just, if you shore up the line and give Burrow time, well, obviously, if you shore up the line, you're going to give Burrow time to throw. Well, also, what can happen with Mixon if you give the Bengals a line? Right, he might be disgusting. Yeah, he might he might be that AP numbers for a year if he had like a real line to run behind. I'm gonna give him Le'Veon Bell. I don't like giving Pittsburgh people. Well, he he was a Jet and then Kansas I understand City. What he is, but you know where he came. <laughs> you know why I don't like him. Yes, I do. Uh, who would I give him? I'm not going to go as far as to say C Mac. No, no, no. Uh, who would I give him? <clears throat> See, I thought the AP was a, a reasonable fit. Well, AP is AP is more of a downhill runner. I wasn't saying they're the same kind. I was saying like stats wise. Yes, I was to say like AP is more of like a downhill runner, and Joe Mixon's like dance and juke and fucking make you break your ankles kind of runner. Oh yeah, so I was talking stats. Yes. Who would I give him? Yeah, fuck it. Who cares? But those are the three guys. I'm like, well, you want to make the you want to make that ish sexy signing? Yeah, yeah. The the one that's it makes sense. It feels right. Like, you're not going to get, I mean, you're obviously not going to get Allen Robinson. He was franchise tagged. You're not going to get Chris Godwin. He was franchise tagged. But there are guys up there that, like, like Samuel or Aguilar or John Brown or, 
like the Bengals are pursuing Josh Reynolds, who I think could be a decent fit. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Um, what do you think about cornerback-wise? There's a ton of guys if, out there. If WJ3 is leaving. Uh, one cheap option could be Shaq Griffin, who has significantly better hands than his brother. Yeah, and, I mean, he could he can play both, too. He can play. He didn't laugh, and I'm sorry. Um, yeah, sorry. I, That's okay. <clears throat> my brain was already rolling on. Yeah, I mean, because you, you can switch him. He can play safety and corner. Well, also, the Bengals have the most underrated safety combo in the NFL. Oh, for sure. Von Bell and Jesse Bates. God damn. Jesse Bates is one of the most underrated players. He is the most underrated safety in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. The fact that he hasn't been in a Pro Bowler yet. Like, I watched him make a hit last year. I think it was against the Chargers. Like, don't... NFL needs to not sleep on that dude. Yeah, I... I think, Have the uh, Bengals signed him long term? I don't think so. I think he's what up next next year. They're gonna franchise tag the fuck out of him. I don't think they'll have to. He apparently likes the coaching staff a lot. Like he's been very complimentary of how they've used him and how they've let yep. him <clears throat> play. I mean, he seems to like being here. So. Yeah, you gotta hope he stays long term. Yeah. Um. There's a couple more things we have to address. Uh, first up, and I don't want to. I want to say this before we forget. Uh, Lawson, make sure he stays. I don't know why that that franchise tag hasn't already just been. I don't know. <clears throat> I could not tell you why it hasn't been used yet. I, yeah, couldn't tell you. But no, they uh, they missed the deadline, so they didn't use it on anybody. But That's I what think I'm saying. it seems silly to me not to have used it. At least to keep him. I think Carl Lawson did an interview with like Paul Denner Jr. or something like that at the Athletic, where he said the Bengals are like the front runner. That's good to hear because, like, he posted a picture on on like Instagram or Twitter or somewhere where he, he was like lifting or some shit. It's like fucking ripped biceps and shit, and it's at like guns for hire. So. You got to hope that that pans out. Yeah, uh, that would be a real shitty loss to take for no reason. Especially since like your <clears throat> front seven has has been pretty banged up over the years, especially over the last several years. And that's a dude who apparently rip a ligament in his foot and still play out the fucking game. So yeah, dude, that would be that would be a huge fucking loss. Yeah, that would suck a lot. That'd be a huge loss, and <clears throat> they uh. <laughs> I get it. Dad jokes coming in hot. Dad jokes. Da, 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 da. Uh, what do you think, Grogu? What do you think, Grogu? Thank you, Grogu. Um, they re-signed Clark Harris, which was a good call. They did. I, I want to reach out to him and get him. I want to get at least one bangle on the pod before the year's over. Before the summer. Shut up! You know, I, I want to get at least one bangle on the pod before the summer's over. I'll talk to my buddy. He knows him. Uh, he knows Clark Harris? Yeah, he knows a lot of... Long snapper is the sh- shut the fuck up, Grogu. Hey, you. No, you don't talk to my son. <laughs> He's the son you never had. That's the that's the best. He's so goddamn pretty. He's so adorable. Look at him. Oh, I love Baby Yoda. You see, he just shushed you with a force. <laughs> <laughs> Grogu's a fucking badass. Yeah, he is. That's my homie. So you say you have a, ni- a guy who knows Clark Harris? Yeah, buddy, mine works over at Ignition. 
uh, where a lot of them work out. Yep. And uh, I'm at Clark at a couple of uh, MMA events because I'd usually sit with because <clears throat> I'm so cool and what, I would sit with a lot of the fighters and stuff. And so, like, the VIP people would be right around yeah. us. So I've met him at, like, a couple of, like, fighting events or whatever because he, he's a he's a combat sports guy. Yeah. And you're a combat sports guy. Uh, yeah. So, but, yeah, my buddy knows him from working, at, working out at Ignition. Because long snapper is, like, the most underrated position in the league. Right. I think he has a, the lowest fail rate in the league right now, if I'm not mistaken. <sighs> It's gonna. It's always strange when you see like a long snapper like drafted in like the fifth or sixth round or some shit. Yeah, it, <clears throat> I've seen teams pick a long snapper before they pick their punter. Yeah. Like, it's like the fact that you have to go from like shoving a ball between your legs to immediately blocking. That takes. <clears throat> I remember talking to him when Ryan Hewitt was still on the team, and he's like, "I'm amazed they I haven't lost my job, to Ryan Hewitt." He's like, "He can do what I do." What when Ryan Hewitt was playing like, like halfback, halfback tight end kind of. Yeah. Or that fullback tight end kind of slot. He was like, dude, that kid is just as good as me. Man. Do you think a Bengal would do like a full episode or just like a just like a quick a interview? In. I mean, maybe a pop in. Who knows? We'll, yeah. uh, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. I'm excited to see how things pan out. It's It's going to be a crazy – it's going to be a crazy week. I'm excited as fuck to see how this pans out. Because, yeah, like, I, when March 17th p- comes around, this Wednesday, you're going to see some shit. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> I would like to see them be as aggressive or more aggressive than they were the past year or two. Well, they also signed a shit ton of people last year, but, right. like, a lot of them got hurt. Like, Mackenzie Alexander, Alexander played, but, like, Trey Waynes got hurt, didn't play at all last year. DJ Reader got hurt. Suafilo got hurt. Yeah. But the Bengals also, they had the the best draft class of this past <clears throat> year. Yeah, it was solid. Very solid. Which, I mean, you, you would have to assume, based on the past few, that they're going to do well again. Yes. <clears throat> so. Here's what I said with, what I was saying earlier, with the embarrassment of riches. Bengals fans, like right now, I'm in the Hude Nation group on Facebook. Shout out to you guys. Um, but they, everyone has like kind of their view on like who they want to draft. Like they, a lot of people are horny for Jamar Chase. A lot of people are horny for Jalen Waddle. They're, they're like jacking off to Kyle Pitts. Sensible people are going for Penny Sewell. Yeah. <clears throat> the Bengals are in a position in the first round of the draft where they can't lose. Well, you hope. More than likely, yeah. you're you're either gonna get a generational t- generational talented offensive line, a guy a wide receiver who Joe Burrow threw to in college and has been compared to DeAndre Hopkins, right? A a crazy tight end prospect who, be it as it may, they'll never use. But okay, I mean, a crazy talented tight end who. Not a lot of people have seen the likes of before. And I mean, maybe if they got a guy like that, they would. I think Zach Taylor might be able to fit that in. Yeah. We would hope. It's nuts. Or who else? Uh, kid from Alabama. I, Devontae Smith. I think he'll go higher than most people expect. 
I think so too. Jalen Waddle will go higher than most people expect because they'll For see sure. they'll see that forty time at his pro day and be like, "Oh, he fast. He run fast. That means he good." Yeah, and that's a big misconception among wide receivers. Fast does not always mean good. There are so many cases of it, like Darius Hayward Bay, ninth or so overall pick in two thousand seven. I could be wrong with that. But no, yeah, what, Raiders picked him up? Yeah. And then he had to go somewhere else to learn how to play wide receiver. Uh, he was, f- like, a good four with Pittsburgh for a little bit. Right. Like, like, once someone taught him how to do it, he was okay. Yeah. He ended up being okay. Uh, Troy Williamson was a high draft pick. Ended up not really panning out. The Eagles last year picked Jalen Rieger over Justin Jefferson. They're fucking yeah. idiots for that. They're, f- they're from Philly. Cut them break. Yep. The, uh, like I was talking to a buddy of mine, he's like, the Eagles wide receivers are fast and they're hungry. And I'm like, fast doesn't always mean good. Yeah, just ask any woman. <laughs> it took me a second to get that. I thought it might. It took me a. Uh, it took me about an average sex time to get that, which was yeah. about 15 seconds. There you go. Oh fuck, that got me beat. <laughs> <laughs> 15 seconds. What are the extra fucking four and a half seconds? We talk, we whisper sweet nothings into Cuddle. our ear. Whatever. What's cuddling? Uh, some shit girls like. Uh, I thought it was like where you like walked out the door immediately and be like, well, it was nice knowing you. I don't know, usually just spit in their mouth and say something terrible. I like, was thinking of something terrible to say, but I don't want to get canceled. I got you. That's why I was, I was trying to take it on me, not you. But yeah. you're just—you were just giving like you're just looking at me like, please don't say something stupid. Please don't say something stupid. I just—I didn't want, don't want you to hurt your own chances here. <laughs> I think uh, next year is going to be Alex's year, y'all. Oh boy, you gotta hope so. Uh, I mean, look, things are—I mean, we'll fucking make our predictions and bullshit. Predictions and bullshit. Right, like well, the- I wouldn't be me if I didn't give a shout out. R.I.P. Marvelous Marlin. Mar- Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Yeah. But, I don't really know too much about boxing, so what made Hagler special? Man, it was. I might butcher his record, but I'm somewhere in the fucking neighborhood. I think I'll it look was it up. Sixty-two, two and or sixty-two, four and two, something like that, with fifty-two fucking knockouts. Let's see. He he was sixty six. His record was sixty two wins, fifty two by knockout, three losses, two draws. Okay, so I was close. I, was, I said fifty two or sixty two four and two. Yeah, whatever. Yep. That's... But uh, him and Tommy Hearns put on maybe the best round of boxing ever. Okay. The first round of, of, of that Tommy Hearns Mar- Marvin Hagler fight is it's my it's my favorite round I can think of of boxing. Okay. Just two guys going out there like, nope, I'm I'm the big dog. Nope, I'm the big dog. No, nope, I'm the big Like, they really both went <clears throat> all in in that first round. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I just – he always was that dude who – he didn't talk a lot of shit, but he let you know. Like, nope, I'm that dude. Yep. I just, he, I, I just always – I'm really, a bad really, motherfucker. Big part of my childhood as far as, like, <clears throat> keeping up with boxing, even though I didn't get to always watch it. And He was a lefty, wasn't he? Uh, well, It says his stance was southpaw. Yeah, he was a southpaw guy, but he 
parts of his career he fought orthodox. I think it depends. He was one of those guys. He was very, very bright in the way that he chose to go about boxing. Um, I remember at least two of his fights where they were like, well, okay, he came out orthodox because it was against somebody who he felt he would do better fighting orthodox. He, he could switch switch stances, and he did Yep. often. And he just, he's that dude who would be super cool and calculated in a fight, and then all of a sudden just out of nowhere throw caution to the wind and go, Swing for the fences. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, definitely plant your foot, bite your mouthpiece, and just swing. And then he would go right back to moving. He was just he was just a beautiful, beautiful boxer. Yep. As far as skill goes. And, I mean, you don't get a record of 62-3-2 yep. with 52 knockouts by not being a fucking monster. Yep. So, I just, yeah, I felt like I had to at least give him a little love. Acknowledge that shit, dude. He was a fucking monster. <clears throat> like, there's, there's... Only a handful of times where something like a celebrity's died or whatever, where I'm like, fuck. Yeah. That was one of them. Like, Geraldo was, Hedberg was. Geraldo was the comic that made me want, that made me want to be better when I first started. I, I think he's he's the epitome of underrated comic to me. He he <clears throat> wasn't a... Like, he was on... Like, he got publicity. Like, what sucks about... Geraldo's legacy was he, people know him as like a roast comic or yeah. an insult comic. He was, I mean, that was just a a fucking snippet of what made him great. Right, his joke writing is solid, incredibly solid. solid. <clears throat> like, there's only a handful of guys I I would think of like in that joke writing style, like category as him, and most of them are pretty underrated. Like, Geraldo was... He was the kind of comic that was, like, so razor-sharp smart. He was the comic that good comics didn't want to follow. <laughs> Attell uh, let him go on, ahead, go on after him more than once. Yeah. At the cellar, because he's like, just sometimes following Geraldo is just a fight I don't want to fight. Yep. I think that's... Something like that was what Attell said in the interview after Geraldo passed, so... He was the kind of comic, like, people didn't want to follow. Yeah, like... Apparently, uh, there was a time, like, he was up and killing and Seinfeld just left instead of doing his spot. Wow. Because, like, Geraldo and Seinfeld are such different comics. Like, Seinfeld's very, like, He's as overrated as Geraldo was underrated, in my opinion, but... Yeah, well, Seinfeld also had, like, his fucking monster TV show. Yeah, yeah, and... For him to, again, this isn't like, oh, Seinfeld was that terrible, but like for him to at least just give the nod, like, all right, yeah, I don't want to do this after he just crushed like that. Like Seinfeld was, I mean, Seinfeld's like had a very solid stand-up career, but nothing about Seinfeld screams he's a goat. No, he's he he knew how to write for TV. Yeah, but he his stand-up was like, that's fine. Yeah, I don't care for it honestly it's not all. that I'll, i mean it's it's not that i don't care for it it's like he's not in my top 100 no oh i i see he's not in my, uh, very much not in my top 40 or 50 i'd say he's easily not in my top 100 yeah <clears throat> so i remember uh, a friend of mine wanted me to he was always telling me how great seinfeld was and uh, 
he had me watch one of Seinfeld's specials. And then the next day we saw Andrew Frank. Oh, St. Louis comic? And I went, he's better. He's well, Frank's better. funnier. That's what I'm saying. He, heating pad. Oh. No, uh, yeah, we well, saw Andrew Frank the next day, and I was just like, that guy's better than what we just watched last night. Yeah, because Andrew Frank is like a very, um, he's a goof, he's a goofball. But he's also, his jokes are super sharp. Yes. I mean, shout out to that dude. I don't know, I don't think he'll ever hear this, but I, I think he's like Blake Hammond underrated. I don't think Hammond's underrated in Cincinnati. I, I do. I think most people would say he's maybe the fun, and I think he deserves. He's like that and more. That please note that was not a dig on Blake Hammond. I I say Blake's not underrated because to me Blake is the best comic in Cincinnati. What I'm saying is how the crowd, like the people, the crowd knows. What do you mean? <clears throat> like I go to I sit in the crowd at Go Bananas. Yep. I sit in the crowd at open mics. The names I hear are like, oh, the Seamer's good. This is the, the... I'm not saying he's not. Seamer's fucking great. But sometimes, you like, the, I hear names other than Blake's a lot more where I'm like, you know, Blake's on the show too, right? Like, Yeah. That should at least be mentioned in this conversation. Well, the difference between Seamer and Blake is, like, Seamer... Seamer's, like, VA's level in a way. VA yeah. Bennett. Well, in, in the way that Seamer knows fucking... Everybody, but and again, I I hope that that didn't sound like I'm downplaying. Like, no, VA is one of my favorite human beings on the planet. No, he's <clears throat> Chris is. Me and Chris get both along in sweethearts. a very, very yeah. Me and Chris get along in a very very sincere way. Yeah, like we've had long talks back and forth on Messenger until fucking two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I love both those dudes a lot. It's just when you hear names pop up at stuff like. I mean, Rand's one of my, he's a good friend of mine. But, like, I hear his name a whole bunch. Like, I want to pull people aside. Like, hey, just so you know, Blake Hammond's on the show, too. Pay attention to that one. So I went to a, uh, there was a comedy show in the Gobanese parking lot. And I was hanging out with my friend friend Taylor, who she used to work at the UC Rack, and we came about through that. And we sat next to each other, and Blake was on stage. And sometimes we'd be like, oh, this is a really funny joke. Like, listen to this. I did that with all of Blake's jokes. Yeah. I, Every single fucking one. So I, when I say underrated, I mean like crowd response. I don't, Blake's not a, the personal personable guy who goes out and makes a bunch of friends after the show. He's, yeah, no, he, Blake's the kind of guy that goes on stage, <clears throat> murders, and thinks he bombed. Yeah. Blake's the kind of guy that, like, Lee said this to me, Lee Kimbrell said, Blake thinks he's had three good sets in his entire life. And he's had 300. Uh, more than that. I meant last year. <laughs> or the year before last, whatever. You know yeah, what yeah. no one did 300 sets in 2020. <clears throat> yeah, you know what I meant. No, Blake's, he's a monster. He's going to go places. When I worked, I worked with him with uh, Anthony DeVito. And God damn, that dude's funny. I Fucking know, funny too, dude. Man. DeVito's underrated, too. Yeah. Him, Super nice guy. There's that middle group, like the DeVito's, the... Uh, Sam Rill. I'd put Sam Rill. I think he's got a little more. But, like, um, Leibovitz. Leibovitz is one of the f- most genuinely funny comedians 
I've ever seen. Right. I think that class, that little group, is just waiting to, waiting to find the spot where they can hit, and those guys are going to be, so fucking. Leibovitz, Mike Leibovitz. He's a comic. Uh, I think he's from like Minneapolis. I want to say. I could be wrong. I don't remember. But Mike is the kind of comic. He's not like super well known. But if you put him on a lineup with murderers, he can hold his own with anybody. For sure. Yeah, he can absolutely hold his own. He'll <clears throat> crush. He's so goofy and likable, but also his joke writing is so goddamn good. <clears throat> it's uh, <clears throat> there's nothing in stand up that Mike Leibovitz can't do. No, absolutely not. That guy could he could follow back to back days. He could follow Maria Bamford and then a towel. I tell, and everyone's still like, damn, that was good. Yeah. Like, he's uh, so genuinely funny. It's like, I've never seen a com. I've never seen someone who saw Mike Leibovitz, like, dislike him. He's very much, uh, I think he's like Sean Patton. Oh, yeah. Like that, that kind of. I told you Sean Patton had the best set I've ever seen live, right? Oh, yeah. I, I've hung out with him a couple times, and he is miles above most comics, in my opinion. I don't understand how he's not. A household name. I don't get it at all. Me neither. Him, Roy Scovel. There's a handful of guys. Scovel's uh, up there. Scovel had a Netflix <laughs> special. Right, right. I there's certain guys I just I have like a, a super soft spot in my heart for how they perform, and then there's guys I love for how they write. Like Kurt Metzger, love him, hate him for his. I love what, Metzger. The special white precious. <laughs> <laughs> might might be the best special to come out in the past 10 years. Oh, it's so good. White Precious is so rock solid. <laughs> like, his throwaways are punchlines for most comics. His, like, he's telling a, 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 a joke about Montel Williams, and just as a throwaway in the middle of the joke, he goes, let Montel Montel you. And I'm like, God damn, that, that's... Ha- that's half the comics I know that would have been the punchline, like, to that. And it's God literally just it. a toss-off in the middle that he just walks right over. His bit about toddlers and tiaras Dude, was so goddamn funny. If you want to see one of the best written jokes ever, his joke about Terry the Smoker. <laughs> and Nathan, so Terry the Smoker is, um, like, one of the anti-smoking company, whatever. She had a hole in her throat. You're hot. It's like, if you don't remember her message, her message was, he's like, he's like, I was sitting there putting out my cigarette in the background when I was watching Like Her message worked. And then next was Nathan, who was a 400 pound Native American. He was like, I can't dance my tribal dances with my people. The turnaround on that joke, the turn at the end is so fucking brilliant. Like, I don't even want to tell it. But I kind of hmm. tell it. All right. So he's like, what could your job have been, Nathan, that you got so much secondhand smoke that you can't dance your tribal dances? It's not the Harlem Shake, buddy. It's not the hardest dance in, har- hardest dance in the world. It's like, unless your job was, and I hope you guys, I hope it wasn't this. If it's this, I, I apologize to everybody. You didn't have to just stand really still in a cigar shop. And it's one of the best turns I've, I've, it's so perfectly put into how he tells the joke that 
I'll never not be impressed. Every time I see it, I go, God damn, that's good. His joke about in the toddlers and TRs, when he joked about toddlers and TRs, when he's like, they put, they put fake tits on a kid. He's like, you've never had an idea that good in your life. <laughs> what, what better way to turn away pedophiles than to turn your child into a voluptuous... The, when he said voluptuous, yeah, it's, it's, it's so goddamn funny. His word choice and the way he like... Pushes and pulls there is not the a audience. better word for a child for the sake of comedy than voluptuous. And he's it's you know, perfect. Like he speaks as if he's one of the pedophiles that would be at one of those things. Like you ruined that beautiful, beautiful child by putting big tits and a big fake ass. <laughs> it's, God, that's such a good special. It's it's. Uh, also, I want to throw Morgan Murphy into the fucking ring because she's dry as fuck, and I love it. Irish Goodbye is such a good special. Is it on Netflix? I don't know. I have it bought on Amazon. So I don't. There's a handful of specials I bought on Amazon just so I have them all the time. Oh, it's fucking great. If I'm having a bad day, Irish Goodbye, White Precious, <clears throat> Bargazzi. Uh, First I comic have, I ever worked with. I have uh, Norman. I was just hanging out with him last weekend. He. I wanted to go up there real bad, but just. I felt like dog he, shit. He's at Off Broadway next weekend in Lexington. Uh, Big J Okerson's coming to Liberty. I just listened to his album a few hours ago, dude. That might be the best crowd work guy. Him and Todd Berry, the two best crowd work comics live. Put Pardo on that list. Yeah, Pardo's in there too. Yep, you're right. Uh, Big J Okerson, Jimmy Pardo. It, I listened to the Big J album today, where he interacted with a girl in the crowd that was 15. And he's like, wow, I heard all of that. It was his uh, storytelling album. It was the first yeah, one that yeah. came out. I was trying to remember the name of it, but <clears throat> some it was before live at Webster Hall. It was the one before that. It was his first album on Spotify. Okay. I love listening to a comic's first album because that that's the one that takes the most work. Oh yeah, that's they've been working they've been doing fucking open mics for ten, fifteen years before they get there. Yep. So you get the cream of the crop of what they've come up with for a long it's what of time. Raised, it, this is the forty five minutes that <clears throat> raised them as a comic. Yeah, yeah. You're you're getting what made them known. Yep, that's like this is gonna sound real shitty, but like Gaffigan's Hot Pockets bit. Yep, it, uh, it made that that one bit made that dude famous. Yeah, I mean, not that he's not deserving of it, or that his other stuff doesn't. I, I personally, I'm on the I'm on the belief that Jim Gaffigan's a fantastic comic. I, I agree. I'm just saying, but that bit definitely made him <clears throat> like you like the the average Joe. Can't think of Gaffigan without thinking Hot Pockets. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a friend of mine recently was like, oh, hey, I want you to, you should probably meet this girl I know. She's like real into comedy and stuff. And just went straight to Puppet Boy. Jeff Dunham. Yeah. I, I I've had that, that happen before. I was in bed with a girl. And I was like, who are your favorite comics? And she's like, I like Jeff Dunham. And I'm like, uh, I guess you he's. You gotta go home. No, I wasn't gonna go home. I was like, I'll pretend he's funny for 45 minutes. I, I feel like I wouldn't. Be able to. There was one. Co- I was in. I was in bed with another girl, like of uh, probably in October or some shit. And she said she was related to a comic in the city who I don't particularly like. Could you read my lips there? Kind of. I'm pretty sure I know which one. Um, but I'm like, yeah, he's he's funny, I guess. See, I I don't have that piece that you do where I can just. <clears throat> That like, filter. Yeah. Well, like, he was just like, oh, yeah, she likes kind of like, we were over there and she was watching Puppet Boy. Because I, I don't even like saying his fucking name. I really don't. Like, Jeff Dunham. 
fucking bums me out. Man. I'll say his name if you want. I just, but I was like, well, no, you just unsold that person <laughs> before you told me anything else. You just said you were over there recently and in the past couple weeks. And that's what she was. What? No, I'm out. I'm out. I'm so out. Yep. Like, I don't, I don't know how much, I mean, other than what Mencia, how else could you go more further? Out? I liked Mencia when I was 14. I didn't. I mean, I was 24 because I'm old. But... Uh, like, Mind of Mencia came out when I was, like, 14. I'm like, oh, Comedy Central's on. He has Mind of Mencia. I guess he's, like, a good comic because he's on fucking Comedy Central. And so... I mean, you know, you can ride Brad Williams' coattails all you want when he writes out your jokes for you and you steal the other from Ari. And... Brad Williams, I would say, is an underrated comic, too. Super underrated. I watched him. I was in Salt Lake City visiting. My buddy Jacob moved out there and just, he had a bunch of airline miles. I was like, fuck it, we want to come out for a weekend? I was like, yeah, let's do this. I've never been to Vegas. <clears throat> I said Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City, my bad. And uh, I, I like I said that I'm like I might have fucked that up. I think it's crackers out there. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, uh Salt Lake City. Let me. I should know this. Well, Vegas. There's like fucking Brad Garrett's Comedy Club. Uh, let's. See. But anyway, I was just out there and Brad, uh, Brad Williams was doing a one night, and I was like, "Fuck it, wise guys, go. wise guys, God damn it, yep." And uh, I was like, "Let's go to that." And he came out and fucking murdered with a bunch of brand new jokes because he had just re- recorded uh, Fun Size for Showtime. Okay. Um, I mean, it literally was like three weeks after he recorded that special. And he came out with a bunch of like half-finished jokes, but he was doing like his very like kind of personal talking to the crowd. Like, oh, I got this fiance we met on a fucking threesome app and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> a lot of the jokes ended up on... Daddy Issues, which was the one he did recorded after that. Yep. But I mean, I'm literally talking three weeks out from recording a special, and he was he killed for like an hour and twenty minutes, and then <clears throat> even though the bouncers were kind of like trying to push people out the door, he literally stepped in front of people like, "Hold on, if they want to meet me, I'm gonna do the." Like he was like, he's a nice dude too. He was talking everybody down. Like the bouncers were kind of like, "Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go," and he's like, "Hey, if they want to take pictures and meet me, that's part of the gig." You. Wait. Was this like after the first show? It was the only show he did. He only did a one night oh, one show. Get, well, yeah, fucking. So I actually did a, I think I either opened for him or did a guest spot for a good buddy of his, Eric Myers. Yeah. Have you seen Myers before? I have. I... He just passed on. And <clears throat> he got hit by a car. Shit. He just got hit by a car and died like not too long ago. Well, fuck. Yeah. Who brought the good news bear? Give this motherfucker some honey. God damn. <laughs> But Pull me out, bro. No, Myers was... That was a funny fucking dude. He... I watched him, and the fact that he had as much energy as he did for 45 <clears throat> minutes... Dude. Slays. Slayed. He reminded me of uh, Mo. Mo Mandel? No. Uh, Mo Alexander? Yeah, like the, that kind of like lift and drop. Yeah. The way that... I, I love Mo. I, just, I I like the way he kind of like he'll bring a show up and then he'll drop it back and calm me down, bring it up, drop. Yep. I thought they were similar that way. Yeah, but Eric Myers, rest in peace, Eric Myers. He yeah. literally he was in a gig in Texas or something like that. He was walking at like six in the morning. Fucking Texas. And ca- a car didn't even see him and just fucking struck him on the street. And he fucking sucks, man. P- was pronounced dead at the scene. Yeah, I like that dude. He was that really sucks. and so goddamn nice. Yeah, I've never met him, but I, I've seen, like, I've seen him 
I think middle for a couple people. He was the kind of comic that no one wanted to follow. I, I could see that. Because he would destroy so hard. Like, like you can't ha- – like, I had to follow um, at Brouhaha one year uh, Chris Porter, who was a high-energy murderer <laughs> and a headliner. Yeah. And I'm like a meddling in between host and feature straight-laced joke teller. I'm not going to follow that very well. No, I mean, that's a lot of energy to keep up with. Yeah. And if you would have said, I agree, I would have been like, no offense taken. I just miss stand-up so much. Yeah, that's the one thing I am happy to see come back. I would like to... Go to, like, packed rooms and watch people kill and shit. Just be able to see more people. Like, I went over to Gabe's thing over at Chameleon. Fucking, again, shout out to them for... Oh, yeah, that's right, you were there. Yeah, you sat with me. Yes, I did. I didn't do very well that night, I don't think. I don't think... Well, the spot you were in wasn't helpful either. That's fine. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to make excuses for anything, but it just... It really was, like, as the room was filling out. So there's a bunch of people moving around the whole time. Yeah. And I think I had, like... <clears throat> my closing joke did really well that night, but, like, other than that, my the rest of my set was, like, really... Eh, hit or miss. <clears throat> But, yeah, I remember sitting at the table getting kind of irritated because, like, there was a group over to the right where all those people came in in the middle of your set, and they're all, like, talking and, like, we can order pizza. And I'm sitting there staring at people like, shut the fuck up. I think I knew those people, too. Yeah, I think you did. I think we actually talked about this after you got off, but yeah. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> but yeah. Uh, let's fucking round it in. Uh, let's. That was a good discussion. Yeah. I can't much. wait to release this episode, put it out. People can listen to it on their Monday in to work. Or their Monday working remote. Yeah. Uh, Lloyd, do you have any plugs? Um, VA's podcast. Uh, uh, VA knows everyone, or something like that. <clears throat> yeah. He. Uh, if you look up VA Bennett, you'll find it. I did an episode of that, and the ones I've listened to have been fantastic. That's it awesome. Just, he's just. He's just a good person to have that kind of thing. I'll plug a I'll plug a podcast real quick. There's a couple comics in the city, Lauren Hutton and Luke Fagenbush. I've I've listened to a couple of those. Those are really fucking good too. Have you listened to? I'm gonna jerk myself off. Have you listened to my episode? Not yet. Uh, it's should... really fun. Yeah, I, it's, it's called How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. <clears throat> so far, the ones I've listened to have been really good. Uh, Lee's Lee Kimbrell's story about how he had to perform at a Fridays. See, I haven't listened to Lee's or yours yet. Oh, it's real fun. Lee told a story about how he had to perform at a Friday's where he didn't know that there was comedy there. <laughs> and you and did anyone else there? I used to work at that Friday's. <laughs> and I know it because the person that booked him was like a a, a person that – I'm not going to call her a comic, but she like she does comedy occasionally. So like he – she was the manager at the Friday's and she booked him and it was a crazy night. And I told a story about how I bombed at a house party. It's real fun. Yeah, I'm definitely going to listen to them. Oh, it's so much fun. And, yeah, comics bomb. And I've bombed many, many times. I'm actually... Lloyd might take this... My Lloyd might be like, shut the fuck up. But uh, I'm a comic that's like very prone to a bomb. I think you're very prone to think you bomb. Yes. 
Like I'm like I I'm the kind of comment like I get in my head so much that if like one punchline doesn't work, if I don't get pissed right now, I'm gonna pop. I'm yeah. So yeah, I'm the kind of comment like I get in my head so much. Shout from the shout from the bathroom. I also have to pee too. But I get in my head so much that if like one punchline doesn't work, I'll be like, God damn it, they're not gonna like the rest of my act. So I'm gonna if one joke eats a dick. And especially if, like, someone I know is in the crowd, I'll be like, oh, my God, this person who I've, like, talked about comedy to so much has, like, I've been like, this is what I want to do. I've talked about, like, great sets I've had. And I, they see me up there and I eat my dick for a joke. They're going to be like, oh, I feel so awkward and bad watching him. Lloyd, I'll tell you a story when I get back. Okay. Uh, I'll give a couple pluggity plugs. Um, in the meantime, while Lloyd is emptying his bladder bladder, uh, March 18th in Bloomington, Indiana, I will be at the Comedy Attic telling jokes, trying to get back on my feet with the stand-up comedies. Uh, April 7th, I'm going to plug my DJ shit while no one can yell at me for doing so. I will be at Milano's on Brown Street. It is Blue Beer Day. I will be there from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. DJing for 16 hours, stuffing my face with food, drinking a bunch of green beer, hanging out with friends. It's going to be a real fun time. Uh, check those out. Next month, we, uh, if everything... Bring your hot female friends and make them hit on Alex while he's DJing. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Want to watch Alex Sweat Bullets have your... Have your hot female friends hit on him while he's DJing and can't leave for 16 hours. <laughs> oh, boy. I've been turned down at DJ nights before. Yeah. You're a DJ. Yeah. And it wasn't like, hey, let's go home. I don't think I've... I don't think I've ever been turned down from that kind of offer because I... That sounds arrogant. I will explain what I mean when I say that. I rarely ask that. Yeah. When I do, I'm like, it's in the bag. <clears throat> I think most of the audience can uh, probably make an educated guess that you're you're more of a, once you know it's secured, then you ask. Yes. You're probably not shooting a lot of outside shots. Yes. Well, there was one time I did ask a girl out, <clears throat> literally the last night of the year. And she said, I think I might have told the story too, but she said, um, I'm, she started out her answer with, well, I'm flattered. And I'm like, she said, I'm flattered. And I literally turned my head to the left. I was like, oh, this Uh, isn't going to end well. You feel your teeth start start touching together. Like, it's like, oh, this isn't going to end well. But then it just... Her and I are friends to this day, and she was going to be on the podcast. But anyway, uh, so uh, (laughs) – Oh, I love you so much, Alex. I really do. Um, Also, I I did forget one shot. Uh, Mary Santora, Hillbilly Bougie. I just listened to it. It's so good. Damn, it's a good album. It's so good. It's phenomenal. So good. I, I listened to it on Spotify, and she crushes. She murders. It was, I mean, that was just a good night to record for. The the little bonus track at the end is beautiful. Oh, the crowd work thing? Yeah. Fantastic. 
it just what well, I think all the work she's putting in came back for her and good on her. She it was the number five album on fucking Billboard yeah. for comedy that week. That's monstrous. It's it was really really good. Yeah, uh, Mary Santora, Hillbilly Bougie. Listen to that. There's so many fucking albums I could recommend. I even sent it to my friend Taylor, who I talked to every now and then because like she, her, she's like a big comedy fan. She said I was funny, which I'm like really, but, um, but no, I'm just like fucking. She told me that she liked Taylor Tomlinson, her special quarter life. Have you seen Quarter Life Crisis? Yeah. yeah. I I'm personally a big fan of it. I don't know how much how much of a fan you are of it. Uh, I liked. About seventy five percent of it. There's okay. there's some things she does that I don't care for, but that's also just not I'm not her target. Yeah. Every basic white girl I mean in her mid twenties, I'm like you are going to quote the fuck out of Taylor yeah, Tomlinson. Yeah, yeah. I, I think she's a very good comic and very likable. Tomlinson's a good fucking comic. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But I'm like, if you like Taylor Tomlinson, you are going to fucking adore Mary Santora. It's yeah, I, I would honestly say it's like a better version of that to me. Yeah. Santora is a better version of Tomlinson? Yeah. I, for me. Mary Santora has a fucking... She has a cult following in Cleveland. It's it's insane what she does. Oh, yeah, yeah. And her on that radio show. The Alan Cox show? <clears throat> that's got to that's gotta add to that. Because she's, she's definitely one of those people, like, if you just have conversation, she's... She's there. She's on on point all the time. We're gonna see her on late night within two years. I I would a hundred percent agree with that. Yep, we'll see her on. I see her on Fallon. Very much so on Fallon. Easily, yes. But Lloyd, I think we have all those all those plugs out of the way. Oh, I was gonna tell you that one story about bombing. Yeah, not my Christmas party bombing story. I'll tell you this story real quick. So, my friend Sabrina, who lives in Columbus. Um, I told her for years that I wanted to do stand up and like, I didn't tell her about like shows I did and shit like that. So I was, I told him like, I'm going to be at a bar called the shrunken head and I was going to go and do an open mic. And this is the first time she had ever seen me do stand up. It, no exaggeration was the worst set I had that entire year. Of course. I ate it. I mean, luckily, like I hate saying like, I hate when, like, there's a part of me when I bomb, and this is such a selfish part of me, and I absolutely despise it, but there's, like, a part of me that, like, doesn't want other people to do well when I bomb. I think it's just being a person, but yeah. Yeah. But, like, that night, no one else did well, so that was, like, the redeeming quality of it. Like, it was just, like, such low energy in the room, and I went up, I ate a dick, too. But I'm like, I told her, I'm like, that's not normal. She's like, no, the crowd was bad. And I hate blaming the crowd for shit. But sometimes that it is that. I, I, as a comic, I can't lean on that. No, I I wouldn't say, like, lean on, I'm saying as someone who goes to a lot of shows, I've been at shows where the crowds are just like, like, I'm looking around like, how the fuck are you people not laughing? Like, Yeah. You can't, I mean, I've had, like, my vaccines don't cause autism joke. Like, it's killed at some places and eaten its fat, eating its dick at others. <clears throat> One of my favorite jokes to tell is my sex noises at the gym joke. Yeah. It, the first night I ever told it is one of my favorite laughs I've ever gotten as a comic. Yeah, sometimes, 
Sometimes you'll, you'll hear someone telling something. I'm like, I know this is new because of how passionate they are when they're selling it. Yeah. They've never sold it before, so they're not sure how it's going to go. <clears throat> Some of those are my favorite versions. Um, yeah, go ahead. And I know I'll... I'll um, what'll happen sometimes when I'm telling a new joke and it like, starts to do well, I'll like increase the sales pitch. And like, oh, it's doing well. I can sell these punchlines more. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, sometimes that gets away from people, though. Like, when you oversell it, it's just as bad as It's like you get, you get excited. You get a little bit like a fucking pep in your step when you're doing a set. <clears throat> and you, you just begin to sell the joke more. It's like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. This is going super, well, kind of as well as it can, but it's going really well. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm excited. I'm like, I can, like, all act as if I'm fucking murdering the entire bit. Yeah, yeah. And then granted, there'll be, like, punchlines here and there that need work, but. There's times that it's just so fun. Again, I, I know I've said it before, but if you don't ever go to open mics, you should. <clears throat> You'll see some of the best and worst all in one night. <laughs> You'll see somebody oversell and then undersell and then finally figure out one that hits. And to me, that's fascinating to watch. So I've told you how much I love watching atrocious comedy. Bro. <laughs> And Lloyd's face is like <laughs> some of my favorite. Please things. describe your face. It's I, I'm thinking through some of the worst sets I've ever seen, and there's some of my favorite moments that show. <laughs> <clears throat> I remember sitting, and I don't remember the guy's name. I wish I did. Well, no, actually, I wouldn't call him out for that. I remember at Brouhaha one year, this dude got up, and he so confidently started telling just super predictable jokes like everyone in the crowd like i heard punchlines being mumbled before he said them like the jokes were so crazy predictable and he just thought he was crushing louis j gomez told me this and it stuck with me hack kills yeah Yeah. hack kills because it's relatable yeah that's true man hack kills to the common man but like comics pick up on that shit I don't know. I I can lose respect for somebody real quick if I watch them try to sell a joke and it doesn't work and the recovery is immediately go super hack. I'm like, no, no, no. You take your fucking lump. Tell your jokes how you tell your jokes. Figure it out. I hate that, like, fallback to hack. Elaborate. Um... Have you ever seen somebody, though, they'll tell, like, a new joke or tell a joke and it just doesn't land and they immediately go to something hacky just to get the crowd to laugh again? Like, part of their arsenal of material? Or, or, I mean, it might not even be a joke they normally tell, but it's something they know will get a laugh with a... Yeah. That's always hard for me to watch, especially from comics that I do have respect for. I do that periodically. I think every comic does it, but when I see it regularly from somebody, it it's real hard to, like... Hey, stop doing that. Like, I do, oh, I'll do that, but like, <clears throat> I, I'm, I don't know what people think of my comedy, but I like to think that like my fallback jokes are not hack. No, no, no. You have jokes that work. I've seen... <clears throat> Alright, so if you want an honest opinion, I've seen you perform to someone. Like, I've seen in audiences where there's someone specific that I know you want to like it. Because I'll see you look at them more, or I'll see you turn towards them for punchlines. I don't... Yeah, I guarantee you I've done that. It's the it's the behavioral shit that I notice that probably half the crowd's utterly 
missed. Yep. But I've seen you perform to someone and then something not land and you go back to a joke that, you know, works. But you don't go to something, like you haven't humped a stool. <laughs> There's a one comic in particular, I, I, I'll tell you after, but I, I've literally watched fall back to like hump the stool kind of hack after a joke didn't land. There's a comic in Dayton who humps the stool and he's like, people remember it. I'm like, it's hacky as fuck. Yeah. But falling back to that kind of hacky, if something doesn't work, bums me out. Yeah. It's not great. Uh, I, I got around third and head for home here. So, but d- dude, this has been so much fun. Absolutely. What an excellent fucking discussion. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of fun. So, yeah, uh, we'll do this next month. Uh, all right, we'll say our special guest is James Rapine. Uh, he writes for SI, allbangles.com. Excellent takes. He's the man. I've seen a lot of his shit. Knows his stuff. Um, he's interviewed a bunch of players, and we'll try and – we won't sell his hats, but uh, we'll try and <laughs> – um, we'll have him on. It's going to be the fucking best. But Lloyd, <clears throat> for now, I think we'll have one thing left to say. Let's do this. Fuck, Fuck you, COVID-19. COVID-19. We, we like, like the Bengals. Wow, man. Fuck you. We, we like, like the Bengals. Bengals.